Welcome to the teaching ministry of Dr. Benji Kelly and New Hope Church. We're currently in a series called Revelation, Breaking the Code. The book of Revelation is one of the most fascinating and power-packed books in the entire Bible. Now here's Dr. Kelly with this week's podcast. How are we doing today? Doing good today? Doing good today? I don't know what it's like at all the other campuses, but I'm going to tell you something. There is an unbelievable spirit of... Um, just authentic, humble worship. And I don't know if it's because we're, you know, we've all been stuck inside and we're just stir crazy and we're finally glad to get outside. I can't believe the crowd that is here on a rainy hurricane weekend. I don't know if that's a part of it or if you just showed up and you just love God and you're ready to get down to business. I think that's what it is. I think that's what it is. I want to welcome those of you here at the Durham campus. I want to welcome those in Kenya, Thika Town, Kenya. I want to welcome those in Columbia, South Carolina, Sanford. I want to welcome those in the coffee house today. And I want to just say to the coffee house community, thank you, thank you, thank you. For several years now, you have worshipped up there. And I know a lot of you just like it better, but also a lot of you went because we needed your seat. And sincerely, as we move out for a season and then come back in and Coffee House moves to Sunday night at 6 p.m. By the way, if you don't know that, Sunday night at 6 p.m., Coffee House. Um, I just want to say thank you to those of you who helped us in this very tight growth season. I want to give a shout out to the Hillsborough campus, the Garner campus, those who watch this on Sunday nights at 8 p.m., the Internet campus. Come on, Daughters of the King, North Carolina Correctional Institute, and the men of Polk Prison. We're so excited, come on church, to just be able to come into the prisons with New Hope Church. Definitely North Raleigh campus today, who is uh, kicking it off today with Pastor Brian Wilson and Will Tompkins. And just love, love, love what God is doing over there. I think I got all the campuses. Hey, before we jump in today... Um, very, very important. I know it's been announced at all the campuses, but I'm just going to take a brief second to talk about at the movies. Why do we do such a series? We do such a series because, I, and I think I even said this last week, it's just stinking cool. And I, we're, not, we're not ashamed to say we like the cool factor of taking movies and looking at them through the lens of the gospel. We've all been in movie theaters where we've been brought to tears or in front of our big flat screens, right? Brought to tears and movies move us. We're going to look at the gospel and look, see these movies through the lens of the gospel. So it's cool, it's faithful, it's biblical, but primarily it will be one of the best series we will do over the course of the next few years for you to invite your friends to. Often can you say to your friends, hey, we're doing a series called At the Movies, and we're going to be looking at movies like 42, Despicable Me, you can reach out to the families, Notebook for the Chick Flick, come on, Charleston, baby, hometowns where my family's from originally. Uh, We're going to be doing Gladiator, Superman, Man of Steel, and you can say, at church, we're going to be eating popcorn and watching a movie. And our pastor every now and then is going to speak to pivotal scenes in these movies. You don't want to miss it. This is a series to invite your friends to. Would I be too bold to say, don't show up without somebody on your arm? You got a ticket? Everybody got a ticket at all the campuses? You got an invite ticket, right? 
Hand that out to somebody. Give it to somebody. And if you need more, there are some in the lobbies at all of our campuses. And then we already talked about this baptism Sunday, baptism a week from today. Hey, what are some of you waiting on? We thought about keeping the baptism today and just having a mass baptism. <laughs> just letting the rain just do its thing, right? Um, but we, 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 <laughs> we postponed it to next week. And so uh, baptism, baptism, baptism. All the campuses are coming over. Campuses. Come on, make the trip to Durham. Let's have a great global party for the movement. And we're just very, very excited about that. So as we get to the end of Revelation, come on, have, have you enjoyed the series? Have you enjoyed the series? We've just had record attendance, record engagement. And, and i got to say to you, I'm just so proud of you. Uh, I've asked you every single week to put your thinking caps on. And you've done that. And it really, it really shows me what kind of church you are. You love God not only with your heart. You love God not only with your life. You are a church that loves God with your mind. And by the way, Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. So you, you've been faithful. So thank you for that. As we get to the end of the series, let me just remind you that I never, ever, ever preach in isolation. What I mean by that is I always stand on the shoulders of some incredible leaders and great, great uh, scholars. And as we end this series, I just want to make sure I give credit where credit is due. Uh, the first person I want to mention is Dr. Mickey Eford. Um, I took lots of courses at Duke Divinity School with Mickey Eford, and he taught a course on Revelation. And so I spent an entire uh, semester studying this book of Revelation. Dr. Mickey Eford is very, very old now. We'll be, we'll be uh, graduating soon to his final home, which we're going to talk about today when we talk about heaven. Um, I want to give great, great props to Bruce Metzger. You might want to write these names down, by the way, if you want to study Revelation more. Um, first one is Mickey Eford, E-F-F-I-R-D, Mickey Eford. Read anything you can. Anything you ever can read of Mickey Eford. The, uh, the leading apocalyptic scholar, particularly in the book of Revelation, is a man by the name of Dr. Bruce Metzger. M-E-T-Z-G-E-R. Bruce Metzger. Um, I read a good bit. Not, I don't, so you got Eford and you got Metzger and, and then you got this man named uh, Dr. David Jeremiah. You've heard of him. Um, uh, I don't read as much of his stuff. But I, I have read a lot of his stuff getting ready for this series because I think you need to understand the different uh, belief systems that are out there. But he's a faithful biblical scholar. And I want to give props to a man who is in this church. His name is Ray Chow. Ray Chow. And, uh, oh, okay, okay. Um, and uh, Ray Chow, in my humble opinion, is a scholar. And he does incredible uh, exegetical work for me as I'm trying to lead the movement. I give him assignments. He goes to work presents all kind of stuff to me, and I just give props to him. So thank God for, for, for people who have gone and led the way, and I just wanted to let you know, uh, just as you should always know, I am always indebted to the people who have spoken into my life. So here we are today. We are talking about heaven. Everybody say heaven. Final installment in the book of Revelation series. And just think about where we've been. We started out in Revelation chapter 1 about seven weeks ago. And I broad stroked apocalyptic literature. And I, I tried to help you understand that books like Daniel and Revelation is an entirely different genre in the Bible. And Revelation is an eschatological book. It's all about the, the eschaton. It's all about the apocalypse. It's all about the end times. Week two, you might recall, we looked at uh, the letter to the churches in Revelation 2 and 3. 
And we talked about how the book is written particularly to the church, the church universal. And, and John gets at this by writing the seven churches in Revelation 2 and 3. And seven means what? Complete. And so, so this letter is really to the complete universal church. And uh, week three, we went to the seals of God in Revelation 6. The real action starts to unfold. And when I mean action, I mean the judgments of God, the end times. The next week, I, I covered Revelation 6 through 16. And it was that week that we talked about the seals and the trumpets and the bowls. You can get any of these in the resource center. Revelation 21 we then took a glance at heaven on that week, Revelation 21. Then we went back to Revelation 12 and 13 last week. And I talked about the satanic or the counterfeit trinity. And I talked about the, the counterfeit trinity. Remember, I drew a triangle up here. And what was the first one up here? Dragon. You guys are awesome. And then the, the other two parts of the counterfeit trinity, the satanic trinity, they were beasts. And one beast represented what? Rome. You, you are impressive. And the second beast represented an emperor. Emperor who? Nero. <laughs> Nero. And his official name was what? Neron Caesar. And no, he didn't invent the Caesar salad. Just, just letting you know. And then today, we're on Revelation. Now, before we get into this today, um, I just want to tell you what happened on week two. Week two. And week two, I'm sitting up here, I'm talking about the churches, right? And I talk about Thyatira. Remember that? And Thyatira was the church that was caught up in the sexual sin of Jezebel. Remember this? And after, the, after I talked about that, I even shared with you how my wife and I take marriage very, very seriously. And we do not have the perfect marriage. Some of you people think we have the perfect marriage. No, we don't have the perfect marriage. Some of you think we never fight. Yeah, yes, we fight. Yeah, and, and we make up. And making up is the best part. Come on, church. Um, and so I talked about that. I even shared with you that day how I have a pastoral promise to purity that I posted on my blog. And I've just kind of gone public with some things that I will do and I won't do with people of opposite sex. So that day I, I talked about sex. Uh, and, and I just realized we got kids in here today. Uh, we got kids at Central Campus in our worship center because... Hey, can, can we just welcome the children? Welcome the children. Welcome the they were supposed to be outside today and the weather didn't permit. Well, anyway, um, kids, you can talk about sex in church. And uh, church is where you should talk about sex. Because everybody else is talking about it. But back to my story. I do all that. I'm talking about that. And, and then when I get finished preaching, which you might not know, is usually when I get finished preaching, I stumble over here in the dark and I collapse. I just kind of hit the chair and I fall. And normally Amy Lynn, if she's in the service with me, normally she'll put her hand on my shoulder. Everybody go, oh. And she'll give me some love, and, or she'll pat my, my leg. And, and so, so that's normally how it happens. And so when I get finished preaching, maybe, maybe, I can, maybe I can show you this. When I get finished, this is going to throw the production team for a loop. But when I get finished preaching, I normally I walk real slow because it's dark. Because we've always gone into the next song. And there's these glow tapes on these steps. And I walk real slow, and, and I get down here. And then, if I'm not careful, I'll run into these people right here. So you guys are worshiping. Some of you don't even know this happens. But you go worshiping, and I, I kind of stumble around, right? And I normally find my way. And then I walk down this aisle, and I normally know where Amy Lynn is. I normally know. And so, oh, some of you see this coming. So I walk down here. I walk down here, and I, I, I stumble, and it's dark, and y'all are singing, and y'all are worshiping. And, and, and there's a chair. 
And I thought that's where I was sitting. And so, young man, don't, don't, pay, don't, don't pay me any attention. Um, uh, so I, I, I just kind of, I, I just collapsed in my chair like, the, like I always do. And I, I think it was the third service that day, so it was an extra hard collapse. You know, I'm just exhausted. And I sit down, and there's, there's a person beside me. And I think it's my wife. And so I take my hand. Can, can I put my hand in your lap, young man? And I take my hand and I go. Because I'm wanting some love from my wife. You know what I'm saying? I just laid it on the field, three services. So I put my hand and, and she, she grabs my hand. She holds my hand. And so, she, are you his mother? What is your name? You're being broadcast all over the world on the internet and Kenya. Is that okay? Will you hold my hand? No, no, like you're supposed to, the left hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so we're sitting here. <laughs> get, get you some of this. Um, we're sitting here, and so I do like this right here. And, and I'm just, y'all are standing, y'all worshiping, and I'm just in there going, oh, God, I can't wait to take a nap later. Um, and, and, and so she's holding my hand. And, and then, oh, can you grip it tighter? Yeah. Then I realize this, this woman is holding my hand more firmly than my wife does. And then, and if I'm, if I'm lying, I'm dying. Then, then, can you take your other hand? Oh, let's do it like this. Let's do it with my hand. Can you take your other hand and put it on top of my hand? Yeah. Then she puts her hand on top of my hand. And she kind of, can, can you stroke it a little bit? Yeah. She, she starts stroking it. Again, if I'm lying, I'm dying. So I'm sitting there and you're worshiping. And finally, I think this, I think this, I think this. She's, she's holding my hand tighter than Amy Lynn does. And I'm thinking, Amy Lynn never rubs my hand like this. <laughs> and then, then I, then, you know, you ever have that moment when you think, oh no. <laughs> I, I, I have this thought. I'm worshiping and I have this thought. <laughs> Could I have sat down beside another woman? <laughs> and so I, I have it and I keep, I keep looking at the screen because at this point I don't want to look at her. <laughs> so at this point in time, at just the right moment I went, and it was this African-American sister who's been going to this church forever, forever. And so at that point in time, what do you do? Can you say awkward? So at that point in time, I go, <sighs> and, then, and, then, and then I stood up to join you in worship. I'll go back up here now. And... At the end of the sermon, number one, I'm feeling very exposed. I'm feeling very awkward. And at the end of the service, all I could do, because I was thinking about the people behind me and around me that saw that. So I find when the service was over, all I could do was run to her and say, I thought you were Amy Lynn. And then she goes, I didn't know. I just thought you needed some comforting, Pastor. And then, and then, then I said, and then I said, come with me, come with me. I, we had to go find Amy Lynn. So I found Amy Lynn and I told him what went down. And so would you just give our sister some love? And, uh, it, it will go down as one of the most awkward moments ever, ever in the history of my ministry today. 
today we're just going to spend some time talking about Revelation. And we're going to read um, a lot of Scripture. You guys like the Word of God? You guys like the Word of God at the campuses? We're just going to marinate in some really powerful imagery on Revelation. And then we're going to sing this really great song at the end. I hope you'll stay in the house and, and experience that. Um, before we get to heaven, though, I've got to go back and I've got to grab this, this teaching that I didn't have time to do one Sunday. And I promised you that I would come back to do it. And it is the, the teaching on the 144,000. Ooh, I, I just heard it. Ooh. Open up your Bibles to Revelation 7. Revelation 7, verse 4. Your Bibles, your tablets. We have over 1,300 users on the, on the church app now. So go to the app if you want and there will be notes there for you. Revelation 7, 4. Let's read the word of the Lord out loud, one great verse in unison, really strong at all the church, churches. Ready? Go. Then I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000 from all the tribes of Israel. You see this in Revelation 14 too. You can turn over there in a moment. We'll, we'll go there. But the, the point is in Revelation, you, you have this uh, reference to 144,000 people being saved. 144,000 people who were sealed by the blood of the Lamb. Now the reason it's very, very important for me to go back and get this is because you have heard some really, really poor teaching on this verse. And I've realized, you know my heart, I've really tried to teach what I believe is faithful to the text and biblical truth without coming off judgmental to other teachers and that sort of thing, because that's not my heart. And I, I believe in giving really big props where props are due. But some of you have heard, and there's a big thread out there in, in Christianity that teaches there's only going to be 144,000 people who are saved. Now just think about that for a moment. Just, I mean, come on, just, just stop and think about that for a moment. That is so ridiculous. I was in Texas this week. I thought I was going to be with 15, uh, five pastors, but I was actually with 15 pastors. And just as I was kind of reading the text and doing some stuff with these guys, just the 15 pastors in the room have more than 144,000 people in their church. In 2002, I went to Korea, Seoul, Korea, and I went to the largest church, South Korea, in the world called the, the Full Gospel Church, Reverend Kwam Lim. You know how many people they have in their church? I've been there. I saw it. 830,000. Largest church in the world. So this whole notion that only 144,000 people are saved is absolutely ridiculous. So there's other ways to interpret it. You, you might say, okay, well, let's look at the number 12, right? We know 12 is a very important number biblically. The 12 tribes of Israel, 12 apostles. Is there any way 12 times 12, 144,000 could actually mean that? And, and the reality is that that would only really work if it had the same meaning as the number 7, which means complete. That, that doesn't work either, but that, you, you can try that. The best way to understand the 144,000 is that it represents... 144,000 Jewish evangelists, Jewish Christ followers. Some of you sometimes think you know, the Jews missed it. They don't see Jesus. They don't worship Jesus. Yes, you're right by and large, but you do know, don't you, that there are some great Jewish Christians. 
This is where I do land firmly with Dr. David Jeremiah on this. And this is, he, he kind of makes this interpretation. But sometimes the easiest interpretation is the one that is right in front of our face. Right? So we read, we read verse 4. But if you continue, this is what the Bible says. Then I heard the number of those who were sealed. 144,000 from all the tribes of what? All the tribes of Israel. From the tribe of Judah, 12,000 were sealed. From the tribe of Reuben, 12,000. From the tribe of Gad, 12,000. From the tribe of Asher, 12,000. Naphtali, 12,000. From the tribe of Manasseh, how many? 12,000. From the tribe of Simeon, 12,000. From the tribe of Levi, 12,000. From the tribe of Issachar, 12,000. From the tribe of Zebulun, from the tribe of Joseph, and from the tribe of Benjamin. So whenever you hear this narrow, rigid, fundamental, literal interpretation of 144,000 Don't fall for it even for a second. It is absolutely absurd. What we are talking about here is 144,000 Jewish evangelists. Let me say it like this. I put it like this in my notes. During the tribulation, which will last how long, church? As long as God decides it will last. And when it is over, it will be complete. During the tribulation, the Antichrist will work to exalt himself over and above the holy of the holiest. Jesus himself. While he is crushing and destroying those who refuse to exalt the Lamb of God, who is on the throne and rightly worshipped. Amen? And glorified the greatest spiritual awakening of all time will take place. Notice this on the screens. I I say it like this. The spiritual awakening will come through the ministry of the what? Through the ministry of the church of Jesus Christ and the ministry of the 144,000 Jewish evangelists. And another word to put in there instead of spiritual awakening, I would put the great spiritual awakening. That's biblical, by the way. That's in the book of Revelation. We've had many spiritual awakenings in the history of the church. So if I were just to sketch all this out for you, because some of you have just been itching to know where I stand on the rapture, and and my pre-tribulation, post-tribulation, pan-tribulation, it's going to pan out in the end, right? Right? I want to kind of let you know where, if you kind of cornered me, I I would come down on this. So I encourage you to sketch this out. Here is the beginning of creation. Notice I didn't say the beginning of God. You guys are smart people. God has always existed. Amen? God will always exist. So here you you might think of this as Genesis 1, creation. Here is the end of the created order as we know it. Here is Revelation Revelation 21 and 22. Okay? This would be Old Testament. You've heard it called B.C. before Christ. Here would be, what shall we call it? Call it Christmas. Who's ready for Christmas? Really? Who's done your Christmas shopping? 
You folks are absolutely sick. You, you, I have no idea how you do that. That, that is amazing to me. You're, you're not sick. I'm envious, actually. This is Christmas, okay? okay? So here you have New Testament and you have A.D., referred to in historical terms, after the death of Christ. Now, this is a, a historical continuum. Right here, somewhere in here, and it's all God's timing, you have what we have been referring to, talked a little bit about. What's the word? Tribulation. Tribulation. Now, this, according to biblical terms, will last how long? Some of you are afraid to say it because you know the right answer. We don't know how long. But, but get to the apocalyptic imagery and the, the meaning of the numbers. It will last what? Seven years. Okay? So this is, this is seven years. Now, keep in time, and we've read this over and over and over in this series. Keep in, time, keep in mind that the Bible splits the tribulation into two periods. Into two periods. And this period, these are the numbers that we've heard on a regular basis. It's how many months? 42 months. Give me some uh, abbreviation, amount of space. It's 3.5 years. Okay? 3.5 years. Three and a half years. The way I interpret the book of Revelation is that you have the tribulation that will last seven years. At the midway point of whatever that period is, whenever God says it's done, it's done. It's not a literal interpretation of the seven years. At that point in time, you will have what many of you have heard and read about and studied in even extra-canonical books like Left Behind and other things. You will have what is called the what? You'll have the rapture. And if you, if you know anything about all this, you know that I just kind of showed my hand. I showed my cards, if you will, on where I stand. There are some people who believe the rapture will happen right here, and they are called pre-tribulation, pre-trib people. And they believe that Jesus is going to come and rapture the church prior to the tribulation. And if you believe that, that's fine. Listen, I... I I wouldn't bet my firstborn on anything I'm about to say to you. Okay? You've got to keep that in mind. Because Jesus said, nobody really knows. Okay, let me just keep that in mind. But this is how I, this is the best I can interpret it. Other people believe that the rapture is going to come at the end of the tribulation, and they're called post-tribulation believers. Just personal speaking here. I don't think... I could ever embrace pre-tribulation because as I look at the seals and the judgments and the bowls and the trumpets, remember all that? I believe we're living in the midst of that. Like, I believe, I believe it's, it's, it's underway. Look at what's going on in our world today. I believe we are experiencing many of the judgments of God. However, when I look at the Bible, I see that there is this period here where all hell is going to break loose. You think it's bad now? What, what the Bible really teaches is there's this other half-tribulation period where, where all hell is going to be unfurled, as I tried to communicate last week in the lullaby, remember? So I would be more of a mid-tribulation person. 
This is why I'm telling you all this. One is so you'll know and you don't feel like I dodged the conversation. But remember this 144,000 that we started out with? What you see in Revelation is that the 144,000 Jewish evangelists will not be raptured out midway through. The church will be raptured out and the 144,000 Jewish evangelists will make it to the very end of time where when Christ comes and puts an end to it all, they meet Christ on top of a mountain. Revelation 14. Go ahead and turn over there. Revelation 14. And we're going to take you to Patmos Where this book was written 1900 years ago or so Check it out Sitting outside the cave now Still on the island of Patmos Where St. John Supposedly antiquity teaches History teaches Tradition teaches That he laid his head And stayed in this area of Patmos For about 18 months And had his vision I'm going to be scanning large chunks of scripture So go ahead and open your Bibles To Revelation chapter 14 We see the symbolism Of the 144,000 That we've already talked about It resurfaces again here in chapter 14 Then I looked, and there before me was the Lamb, standing on Mount Zion, and with him 144,000 who had his name and his Father's name written on their foreheads. And I heard a sound from heaven, like the roar of rushing waters and like a loud peal of thunder. The sound I heard was like that of harpists playing harps, and they sang a new song, church, Before the throne and before the four living creatures and the elders, no one could learn the song except the 144,000 who had been redeemed from the earth. Verse 4 of chapter 14. These are those who did not defile themselves with women, for they kept themselves pure. They follow the Lamb wherever He goes. They were purchased from among men and offered as firstfruits to God and the lamb no lie was found in their mouths they were blameless let's skip over to verse 14 and finish out this chapter i looked and there before me was a white cloud and seated on the cloud was one like the son of man with a crown of gold on his head and a sharp sickle in his hand Then another angel came out of the temple and called in a loud voice to him who was sitting on the cloud. Take your sickle and reap because the time to reap has come for the harvest of the earth is ripe. So he who was seated on the cloud swung his sickle over the earth and the earth was harvested. Another angel came out of the temple in heaven and he too had a sharp sickle. Still another angel who had charge of the fire came from the altar and called in a loud voice to him who had the sharp sickle. Take your sharp sickle and gather the clusters of grapes from the earth's vine because its grapes are ripe. The angel swung his sickle on the earth, gathered its grapes and threw them into the great wine press of God's wrath. They were trampled in the wine press outside the city. And blood flowed out of the press, rising as high as the horse's bridles for a distance of 1,600 stadia. The word of God, again, church, for you, New Hope.
the people of God. So what's most important, as you think of all this, right? This kind of makes me feel like a TV evangelist just doing this up here. Kind of makes me a little uneasy. Um, This moment right here, right here, is what you need to understand is going to happen. There's room for interpretation in here. and, And look at what Jesus says in the Olivet Discourse. I think this is really, really important. Jesus would say in Matthew 24, 14, as Matthew's gospel is coming to an end, he says this, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world. As a witness to all the nations, and then what, church? Then what? This is the end. The end. That, that's all. <laughs> and when that happens, if you are still on planet Earth and you are in Christ, you will inherit, and I use that word intentionally, you will inherit the glorious riches of heaven. And if you're not in Christ, again, I know this doesn't sound politically correct, and some of you don't like it, and neither do I, and I have family members that I worry about and all that. But if you're in Christ, you are going to go to heaven. The Bible says if you are not in Christ, you will go down to a place called hell. Where real people go. So the question as we kind of turn toward heaven now is, are you ready for this moment? Are you ready for that moment? Because even though we don't know and we can't fully make sense of it all, we can take our best guess and we should think it all through and I've laid out what I really believe and I've tried my best to teach Revelation to the best of my ability. Even though some of this still might be a little ambiguous for you and I can encourage you to keep studying it. Here's what I know that I know that I know. We know the end of the story. And it will be good. If you are in Christ, it will be good. And here's how it's going to be good. Open up your Bibles to Revelation 21. Let's just end with some powerful, powerful scripture. Revelation 21. I'm going to just really just sit in some verses of scripture here today. And you do know, don't you, that the word of God is so powerful that even if all we did on a Sunday morning was gather and listen to the word of God, it will be worth it. So I'm not going to try to dress this up. I'm not, I'm just, I just want you to let these verses fall over you so that you know what the end of the story is going to be like. If you're in Christ. The message to the church through the book of Revelation is this. Are you listening? This is very, very important. God's glorious inheritance awaits those who endure to the end. God's what? Glorious inheritance awaits those who endure to the end. I'm sure all of you saw the horrific Oregon shooting that went down this week. And I don't know what you think when you see things like this. It's just becoming so regular. Here's what I always think. It normally goes in this order. Not again. And then I always think this, and I usually say it. My, my kids hear me say this all the time. Maranatha. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. 
And if you didn't follow it, another person went into an Oregon community college and killed, I think it's nine people, maybe it's ten. And maybe you heard that, maybe you didn't hear the other part. And here's what makes me so mad, i got to admit it. Mainstream media is kind of ignoring this. The president isn't talking about it either. The gunman went into the classroom and declared to the students, if you are a Christian, stand up. When the Christians stood up, he shot them. Not rumor. These are what eyewitnesses say. Do you guys remember about five or six weeks ago? Do you remember me saying to you, Remember me saying to you, it's quite prophetic now as I look back on it. Remember me saying to you, I talked about straightening up your spine, stiffening your your resolve. Would you be willing to stand up for Christ even if it meant dying for your faith? Remember that? Because the book of Revelation, I've kind of said this every single week. These people are in dire straits. These people are being martyred. They're being persecuted. That's why the book is written with a code. That's why it's apocalyptic. That's why there's so much symbolism. Because they didn't want Emperor Domitian to find out that they were believers or they would die. So they kind of coded it. But make no mistake about it. When push comes to shove, if they were forced to denounce Christ and, and live or have faith in Christ and boldly proclaim it and die, they chose death. And I asked you, would you be willing to do that? And now it might not seem so far-fetched to imagine that. Like, at all of our locations, it brings me no joy to tell you this. But there might come a day, because we're in here, there might come a day when you are placed in a position in this nation that was founded on God... Yes, it was far more deistic than it was Christian back then. But make no mistake about it. This nation was founded on God. And God and the church and the pulpits that were ablaze with the gospel of Jesus Christ is what made this country great. Make no mistake about it. And we can kick God out of the schools, even though we never kicked him out. But we can cut out the prayer and we can cut God out of everything. And we can keep going in this hellacious season that we're in. But if you're living in this season as I'm declaring to you that you are, you have to decide how will you respond if you ever got placed in one of those situations. And I don't know, call me crazy, but I think New Hopers... I think new hopers would declare, I'm his. He is mine. Do what you will. But I will proudly declare the name of Jesus Christ. Listen to me, church. One day you're going to hear that Benji Kelly is dead. You're going to hear that if you outlive me. And you might even read about it. And there might even be a service up in here. And Amy Lynn might invite you back to the house for some potato salad. And as you hear, Benji Kelly is dead, don't you believe it even for a second. Because if you're in Christ, when you die, 
You do not die, beloved. You go to heaven with God forever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. And this is what it's going to be like. Right here. This is what it's going to be like. Revelation 21. 1 through 5. Just let these words fall over you. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And there was no longer any sea. Sea represented destruction. Sea represented death. Sea represented an apocalyptic scripture. And even in all, all of the Bible, sea represented separation from God. There'll be no sea. In other words, church, there'll be no separation from God. Amen. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. Prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. I love this next part. There will be no more death. Oh, back up. I'm sorry. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Some of you weep a lot. Some of you weep tears of joy. Others of you weep tears of sorrow. Others of you weep because you feel homesick. And you can't wait to get to heaven one day. Others of you weep because you miss loved ones. Hold on. Endure. Endure to the end because there's coming a place, come on church, where there will be no more tears. Oh, thank you, Lord. There will be no more death. No more mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything. What church? Making everything new. That body of yours that just kind of starts to feel like it's starting to wear out sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Some of you, when you get down on your knees to pick something up, you just decide, you know what, I think I'm going to pray while I'm down here. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> He's going to make that new. all going to be new. Flip over to, um, well, in my Bible, I flipped over. Same chapter, Revelation 21, 22, verse 22. Look at what the Bible says here. I love this imagery. I did not see a temple in the city because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple. Oh. The tabernacle, the temple. John 1, the message translation says, Jesus, full of grace and truth, came among us and he tabernacled with us. Mm. That's going to come a day when we're going to be fully with God. And though we have the spirit now, we have community now, and this is the best life it gets. I've lived on both sides, beloved. There's nothing better than the Christian life. It, it's awesome, but it's not full yet. It's already, but not fully yet, if you know what I'm saying. There's going to come a day when God's going to fully tabernacle with us. We're going to be fully, we're going to see him Face 
to vase. Verse 23, the city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it for the glory of God gives it light and the lamb is its lamp. Gathered in heaven, worshiping God, enjoying loved ones who have gone before us, no tears, joy, fully in the presence of God. Isn't it so cool that the Bible begins with God creating us and the Bible ends with God taking care of us in heaven. God is good, church. God is good, church. You liking the word? You liking the word? Come on, let's, 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 let's end the series with ending the Bible. Go to Revelation 22. Revelation 22. I know the slide probably starts with I am the Alpha, but I'm going to go up a little bit further than that. I'm going to start in verse 12. Look, I am coming soon. This is how the Bible ends. Everybody say, He is coming. Soon. Soon and very soon. Look, I am coming soon. My reward is with me and I will give to each person according to what they have done. Mm. I am the Alpha and the Omega. The first and last letters of the Greek alphabet. I am the beginning and the end. I am the beginning and the end. The first and the last, the beginning and the end. Verse 14. Blessed are those who wash their robes that they may have the right to the tree of life. And may go through the gates into the city outside are the dogs. Those who practice magic arts, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offering of David and the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come. And let the one who hears say, come. Let the one who is thirsty come. And let the one who wishes to take the what? The what? The what? The what? The what? The free gift of the water of life. Then he ends with a warning. Remember, remember in Revelation 1, I think it was somewhere around verse 3, the very first week. Remember we talked about how the book of Revelation says there's a blessing for those who read this book. I believe God's going to bless your life because you've leaned in and studied this book. Keep studying it. So it starts with a promise of a blessing for those who read it. It ends with a warning. I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this scroll. If anyone adds anything to them, God will add to that person the plagues described in this scroll. Hello. Verse 19, and if anyone takes the words away from the scroll of prophecy, God will take away from that person any share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in the scroll. He who testifies to these things says, Yes, I am coming soon. Won't you read the next part with me with, where it says, Amen. Ready, go. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen. Come, Lord 
Jesus. Come. Are you ready for this? Now, I believe there should have been a resounding right there. Yes! Are, are you ready for this, church? This is to be longed for. Some of you have this image of God being this mean principal. He's got a ruler in his hand, right? He's going to zap you. No, no, no. This, this, this is... The, this is, this is <laughs> we think this was Christmas? <laughs> That's Christmas. The greatest gift of all. Heaven awaits you. So as you live in the midst of these dark days, here's what you do. You keep one foot firmly planted on planet earth. Don't become a person who is so obsessed with heaven that you're useless on planet earth. Come on now. You keep one foot firmly planted on planet earth, but you keep another foot looking toward that eastern sky where the Bible says he's going to come again. He's going to gather his church. And if you're living, he's going to rapture you. If you're not living, when he comes, you're going to go and be with God forever. Keep your eyes on the prize. Just like I said, don't get so focused on heaven that you're useless on planet earth. Don't get so focused on planet earth that you don't look toward heaven and have the hope of the gospel. C.S. Lewis the Great put it like this. Aim at heaven and you will get earth thrown in. Aim at earth and you get neither. Hello. Hello. We're going to sing a song. We're going to end with these images of heaven. And again, I hope you'll stay at all the campuses. Don't, don't go jetting out. To find the right song, we had to kind of do a throwback. Some of you have been with us a long time. You'll remember we used to do this song. It's called Hold Me Now. It's called Hold Me Now. When I, when I was raising my boys who are now 16 years old, we'll be going off to college in two years, when they were little, one of them used to always come up to me and he'd say, Daddy, hold me. Daddy, hold me. And I'd reach down and I'd pick him up and I'd hold him and I still see sometimes today when we're talking and being together, you know, I, he's kind of too grown to say that now. It kind of feels a little weird to say, Daddy, hold me, right? But you know what? He's still saying in lots of ways, Hey, Dad, will you still hold me? Will you lead me? Will you guide me? Will you teach me? Will, will you hold me? And whether or not you won't admit it or not, some of you guys are so prideful, you, don't, you have a hard time admitting this, but the truth is every single person here longs to be held by their heavenly father every single person when I have tough days I mean, all I want to do is run to my father hold me one of those same boys one time I was talking to him about heaven when he was really really small I was explaining it to him and, and he kind of interrupted me and he, he, he said dad it just sounds too good to be true I kind of paused for a moment I said I said, oh, but son, son, it sounds so good, it must be true. Must be true. So we're going to sing words like this. On that day when I see all that you have for me, when I see you 
face to face. They're surrounded by your grace. All my fears swept away in light of your embrace. Where your love is all I need and forever I am free. Look at this. Where the streets are made of gold. In your presence I'm healed and whole. Let the songs of heaven rise to you alone. And then the chorus goes like this. No weeping, no hurt, no pain. No suffering, you hold me now, you hold me now. No darkness, no sick or lame, no hiding, you hold me now. Hold on. Hold on. When you wonder if you can go on, when you wonder if you can muster the strength with that mere mortal body of yours to put the next step in front of the other, hold on. Hold on. Endure the tribulation. These are great days to be in the church. We get to be a part of the spiritual awakening. So as the world grows increasingly dark, hold on. Hold on. A better day is coming. A place known as heaven where we will dwell with God. Come on, church. Forever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. 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 Father, we love you. We thank you for the, the prize that awaits those who endure to the end. God, pour out your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your church. God, thank you for every single person here who knows that they have a reservation on that great day. God, for the man or the woman who is here, or even the young person, who God, they just, they're not sure they're ready for that day. If that's you, here's how you get ready. You just say, Lord Jesus, I receive you. I receive what you did on the cross for me. Come into my life today. Save me for all of eternity. Use me on planet earth until you take me home to heaven. Hold us now, God. Believers and you believers alike, hold us as we worship you. Which is... Nothing more, God, than a foretaste. <laughs> it's a rehearsal for that which we are going to do in heaven with you and all the saints. Hold us now. We worship you, Lord, in spirit and truth. And the faith-filled people of God who long for that great day declare it together saying, Amen, Amen, and Amen. Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to learn more about the ministries of New Hope Church, just stop by one of our campuses anytime or visit us online at newhopechurch.org. If you have any prayer requests, please send those to prayers at newhopenc.org and our pastors and staff will stand with you in prayer. Thanks for being a part of our church family and we hope you'll join us next week.